Hey, what's going on, Landry Football family? This is Sky here with the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in to another episode here of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Chris Landry Football Network. This is episode 240 of the TCK Pod and episode 5 of the TCK Pod on Landry Football Network. I am rolling solo today. As you can see, my man Lucas is dealing with some power outages out in the Midwest I know that the East Coast, uh, the South, the Upper East Coast, and uh, now the Midwest are all getting some uh, pretty heavy late summer storms. Uh, last week, we had Chris Benavides of the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast on, and uh, they had dodged it up in New England a little bit, but um, they did definitely have some storms there uh, in the Northern East Coast. And then, of course, the South getting hit pretty hard as well. And uh, Lucas is in the Midwest. Um and he, too, was hit with some storms here, big thunderstorms that uh, cut power out in his region. So he is out for the day. Uh, hopefully he will be back later this week. Um, everything is fine, uh, thankfully, but um, he is without enough power to stream. So I will be rolling solo with you today. And uh, in these cases throughout the season, throughout the offseason, things are going to come up, right? We have a lot going on in our personal lives as well. So uh, when that happens, we will do our absolute best to bring you solo coverage of fantasy football to the best that we know how. And uh, I'm looking forward to bringing you a solo episode today. So again, if this is your first time popping in, I'm Sky Guasco, the host of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. We have been rolling since 2018, but just last week was our first week here on LandryFootball.com and the Chris Landry Football Twitch channel. So we're very blessed to be here. We're honored to be here. We got our first week in. It was our buy or sell series with quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. If you didn't check any of those out, everything is archived at Chris Landry football channel on twitch or you can go to landryfootball.com as always with twitch it is a live program so feel free to jump into the comment section and jump into the live feed and i'll do my best to uh, produce while i'm running the episode but if i see your comment in there i will be more than happy to bring you in and we can chat absolutely moving forward that's what we'd like to do as well when lucas and guests are back with us this week, we are breaking down our rankings, so we're going to go into quarterbacks today. Again, Lucas is out, so I'm going to do my best to speak for him with what I understand he feels, and of course, we'll give him a chance to uh, come back and, and make sure to stand up for himself when he gets back on the program. But today, I have our consensus Candlestick Kids rankings, and those are taking all of our rankings from our, our team here and breaking them all down and taking the averages to get the consensus, so we'll break those down. And I'll explain those as we go through the channel. And before we get into it, I do want to give a shout out to our program here. So this is the Landry Football Network. You can catch us, well, our channel, the TCK Pod channel, every Monday through Thursday, 6 to 7 o'clock Eastern Time, PM. You can join into our live chat, as I mentioned. You can find us on twitch.tv slash Football. You can also find all of the Landry Football networks from high school to college to the NFL proper, and we are your fantasy football channel here on the network. You can find all of that and more information on LandryFootball.com, L-A-N-D-R-Y football.com. You can also find our draft kit. A lot of you know about our draft kit, but if you don't already, we do have a TCK draft kit this year. You can go and purchase that at tckpod.com. You can also find it on landryfootball.com. And just a little bit behind Landry Football, if you're new to the program or you're a TCK potter coming in for the first time this week, it looks at everything in the game of football from coaching to scouting to administrative perspective. 
Everything goes on LandryFootball.com from high school, college to the NFL, from recruiting to the NFL draft, a free agency, pregame developments and stories, postgame film analysis, the inside scoop on players, teams, and coaches, schemes, everything you can find football related at LandryFootball.com. You know that we have a lot of friends here in the network. Some of them have been on our channel, such as our buddy Jonathan Rifkin, who runs the Pack Rap channel. You can go and check him out as well. It's a family thing. You know how we do it on the TCK pod. All right, y'all, quite the intro. I appreciate you sticking with me. Let's get into this. Again, episode 240 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on our TCK pod networks, which you can find on YouTube, anywhere you listen to your podcast, tckpod.com, and of course, Instagram and Twitter. And then our fifth episode here, just our second week with the Landry Football Network. All right, y'all, let's get into this here. We are going to break down the 2020 quarterback rankings. These are the consensus rankings that we have here. And I'm just going to talk through these here. Um, Lucas and I had planned a couple of different slides, but again, he wasn't able to make it last minute. Not a big deal. Things come up, man. And um, we need to just kind of uh, call an audible, if you will, and adjust on the fly. So that's what everybody else in the football world is doing these days. So we are no different. We're going to do the exact same thing. So I'm going to do my best to talk you through all these rankings here. Unfortunately, I do not have slides to pull up for you, but um, we'll do our best here. So let's get into it. All right. We are talking today again about quarterback rankings. Okay. So what does quarterback rankings mean in, you know, simple terms, it basically is a line item list of the position as a quarterback in fantasy football that we are taking. And we're ranking those players in the order in which we would draft them, not necessarily in order we think they would finish. Now that sounds silly because why wouldn't you just predict the outcome and then rank them based on how good you think they're going to be for the season? Well, unfortunately we can't do a great job predicting. We can do the best we can to run numbers, but we can't always predict very well. So what we're doing is we're taking the opportunity at hand to come draft season, which is now it's August 10th. We have about three weeks to four weeks until the NFL season starts. Actually the chiefs and the Texans kick off in Arrowhead with the uh, Chiefs trying to defend their Super Bowl and the Texans trying to get that big win back that they lost in the playoffs last year with a huge come-from-behind win from those Chiefs. And they look at life after New Hopkins there in Houston. But that happens kickoff a month from tonight. So we're excited about that September 10th, first game of football, assuming it happens, of course. Now, when we look at rankings, we look at scheduling, okay? We look at opponents coming up in the first couple of weeks, all right? We look at how the defenses are going to fare. We look at the uh, matchups. We look at new players who have come in. We look at players such as Deshaun Watson's case, players who have left in DeAndre Hopkins. We look at all sorts of opportunities here, right? Players coming back from injury, maybe playing in a contract year. Are they fighting for a job with an incoming rookie? There's a lot that we take into consideration here. So this is not based on how we think they're going to finish per se, although some of that has to come into it. This is based on how we're going to draft them coming up in the next couple of weeks as we're going through our fantasy drafts. So without any further ado, let's kick it off here. So as again, as I mentioned, Lucas and I have combined our rankings and we've taken in some of our other teammates as well, who you are going to meet over the next few weeks. And we've taken the consensus rankings of the candlestick kids. So this is the average of how our team feels about these players. I will go through a couple of these guys, mainly Lucas and my rankings on the major differences that he and I have. Some of these players are pretty 
steady and pretty alike with how Lucas and I feel either you know, in their defense in which we believe in this player, or <clears throat> maybe one of us or both of us don't. So they're down our rankings quite a bit. But what we're going to do is run down our consensus, 32 quarterbacks. I'm going to cover all of them quickly and any of them that are glaring uh, differences, such as maybe I'm higher on one guy than Lucas or vice versa. Uh, I will cover those uh, just a little bit here and um, let you know how we're feeling. So we can dive right into it. All right. So right at the top here, we both have Lamar Jackson as the number one quarterback, not Patrick Mahomes. We are covering right now. This is single quarterback rankings. Superflex really wouldn't change much in this. Um, however, in Superflex rankings, you do have some of those bottom tier guys who get a jump a little bit because I would rather draft them as a second quarterback maybe earlier than I would draft them as a single quarterback, but that's another discussion. So we are talking single quarterback rankings here. Lucas and I both have Lamar Jackson as our number one quarterback. And if you, I'm going to kind of save time here and not go into why we have Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes again on this episode, because we spent a good 10, 15 minutes breaking that down last Monday in a buy or sell question, which was, does Lamar Jackson repeat as the number one quarterback? And both Lucas and I did buy that. And we do think that Lamar Jackson is going to return as the number one fantasy quarterback. Therefore, we have him as our number one preseason drafted quarterback as well. So Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are the order up at the two. And actually, we do have the top six quarterbacks all the same. So Lucas and I each have rankings, and we don't share these rankings until it's time for the episode on purpose. We talk about them, of course, and negotiate, guys, but we don't share our final rankings before an episode until that episode so that we really do get the true, concise version of what our individual rankings are, and then we can compare them with each other and discuss those out. So, of course, Lucas isn't here, so I will do my best to uh, vouch for him, but we'll get him back on later in the week and next week to uh, – battle up on some of these. So Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott at number three, Russell Wilson at number four, Kyler Murray at number five, and Deshaun Watson at number six. Both of us have those six exactly in order for our top six. Again, that's Lamar uh, Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Deshaun Watson. That rounds out our top six. Not much to discuss there. In my uh opinion. This is why I would rank him that way. Lamar Jackson, he has the rushing uh, ability as well. We saw him last year also lead the NFL in passing touchdowns, which nobody saw coming. Of course, with all the comments of him basically being a running back, playing quarterback, well, he showed everybody that he can clearly play quarterback, which he did at Louisville, winning the Heisman Trophy, almost winning a second one on his way to the league MVP as well. And of course, the cover of Madden. He was just a game away from heading to the Super Bowl as well. So we really um, have to give credit where credit's due. Now, pa Patrick Mahomes did get beat up over a couple games last year. However, Lamar Jackson still would have outpaced him. So we do have Lamar Jackson at number one. There's no, no reason why you shouldn't defend Patrick Mahomes to be the number one quarterback as well. I just like the rushing floor there for Lamar Jackson, so I'm going to give him the edge. But Patrick Mahomes, of course, could end up as the number one as he did in 2018. I think he'll be just fine, so I'm going to let him at number two. If I ended up with either one of those guys in the third round, preferably the back of the third round, but realistically in home leagues, it'll be early or in the middle of the third round. I'm going to go ahead and go with those guys, even in the second 
round. I've been seeing some guys in single quarterback leagues. Superflex, of course, they're both top three to five picks, depending on your league setting. Uh, but in uh, single quarterback leagues, I do have them both going in like the third round. But again, they're going in the second as well. So you kind of have to make that decision early quarterback, early tight end with Kelsey and Kittle, which we'll get into our tight end rankings on Thursday. Either way, I like both these guys, but I'm going to give Lamar the edge over Patrick Mahomes here. Next up, I have Dak Prescott. All those weapons in Dallas, Dak Prescott has averaged six rushing touchdowns over the first three seasons of his career. Last year, he had three. That's going to bounce back. Even if he had four to five, that's a huge advantage. I like that a lot. They have a very balanced offense in Dallas. They have what could be a league-leading offense again in Dallas. They're going to have a lot of plays per game. They're going to have positive game scripts, which will help Zeke, sure. But this Kellen Moore offense uh, and Mike McCarthy offense now is going to want to run through the pass as well. So I like Dak Prescott with all those weapons, the addition of CeeDee Lamb, of course. Getting rid of Jason Witten I think is actually a plus for them to give Blake Jarwin some more look. Zeke Elliott, of course, and Tony Pollard out of the backfield. And then, of course, we have um, two, I think, number one wide receivers in fantasy football, maybe at the end of the season. That's Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup as well. So I like that a lot. And they have a plethora of weapons there in Dallas, number three. Russell Wilson, number four. Now, if Pete Carroll lets Russell Wilson actually throw the ball, which there are talks that Russ had actually gone to the Seahawks and said, hey, coach, (laughs) I know the game plan is to run, 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 pass but let me chuck the rock. Very efficient quarterback, great weapons with DK Metcalf in year two. We've seen what he can do with the efficiency of Tyler Lockett. They also have three great running backs here uh, in Seattle. Um, Trod Penny put on the pup, but he may come back later on. But rookie DJ Dallas coming out of Miami looks great. And they also have Carlos Hyde as well, who's basically another version of Chris Carson. So they're going to be just fine. But this attack and offense should be great with Russell Wilson. The efficiency is incredible, but um, I really do believe they're going to take a big step forward with him, and they're also going to uh, have DK Metcalf take a big step forward too. And some of Russell Wilson's, uh, you know, being ahead of Kyler and Deshaun, it comes down to the defense too for Seattle. They're just not what they used to be, and I think in that division, they're going to have to really kind of play from behind, I think, often. Uh, with those other great defenses there. So I'm going to give uh, Russell Wilson a nudge over those two other guys because I just think his ability, even in a run-first offense, I just think that the ability for Russell Wilson is, uh, you know, sky's the limit, I guess I would say. And um, if Dak Mahomes or Lamar were to slip and Russell were to do what I think he's going to do this year, 30-plus touchdowns, maybe even six on the ground, uh, and should have well over 4,000 yards passing, I think that he could potentially end up getting into the top three. So he's just on the outside looking in there with Dak and all of his weapons and, of course, Lamar and Mahomes. But I do uh, give Russ the edge over Kyler and Deshaun at number four. Now, Kyler Murray for me, great. Um, I think, you know, he's kind of like the next Russell Wilson, if you will. Um, Now, year two, he had a great rookie season, of course, uh, coming off the Heisman, you know, getting um, the – the ability to now get a full off season here. He's getting new Hopkins over from Houston. So obviously that puts him over Deshaun Watson for me. This offense in general, though, should be high flying. They're not as air raid as we expected, at least not last year. Once Kenyon Drake came in, they were more kind of 50, 50, 55, 45, as far as a run first offense. But I think that it only helps Kyler Murray. Great arm. He had over 500 yards rushing last year. I think he scores more this year. I think he runs the ball more this year. He's going to have great downfield accuracy. He's got great weapons all over the field. 
I think they're going to be just fine. They're going to be scoring a lot of points. I think with Arizona, again, same division as the Seahawks with the Rams and the Niners having to pick up. So they'll be all right there. So I'm going to give Kyler Murray the number five slot. And then Deshaun Watson, again, look, if everybody stays healthy, Brandon Cooks and, and Will Fuller stay healthy um, and they they uh, are able to get a boost from the rep, rest of those weapons and David Johnson is even 75% of the David Johnson that all of us want coming over from Arizona um, and Duke Johnson's there as well as another weapon. I think that honestly, you know, the addition of Randall Cobb is well over the slot. I mean, they have the weapons. I'm worried about injuries throughout their entire offense just in, including Deshaun Watson himself, who gets sacked at a league high rate, constantly worried about that, his rushing ability. He is aggressive around the goal line, which is great for fantasy, but dangerous as an NFL quarterback. So it takes one hit. He could be out, unfortunately. The good news for Deshaun is that defense is not what it used to be either. Hopefully, J.J. Watt's going to be healthy, but we never can count on that, unfortunately, these days. And uh, Clowney is, of course, long gone. They've lost some work in the secondary. I think they're going to be playing from behind quite often. So positive game scripts, or I guess I should say negative game scripts for uh, for Deshaun Watson in the, in the offense. So they're going to be chucking it quite a bit. But I am a, a little concerned that they're not going to be able to um, sustain – you know, 30, 35 passing touchdowns, uh, you know, and, and if Deshaun doesn't have six to eight rushing touchdowns, which I don't know that he would need to with uh, with David Johnson there, assuming he stays healthy, um, then I just don't see him cracking the top five. But if everybody stays healthy, we've seen Will Fuller explode. We know what Brandon Cooks can do, a thousand yard receiver pretty much every year until last year when he was injured with multiple quarterbacks. He could be just fine as well. Randall Cobb, again, kind of a sleeper, seven, 800 uh, uh, receiving yards kind of a guy. If he stays healthy, Darren Fells had a bunch of one-yard touchdowns last year. He could make it happen. Aikens, another tight end, uh, and, and Duke Johnson and David Johnson on the backfield. So the weapons are there for Houston. I'm a little concerned about game script and just giving up sacks and him throwing you know, picks, not that he's inaccurate, but they're just going to be throwing it downfield constantly. And if, you know, those guys aren't burning defenders, I, I think I'm worried about turnovers and, and lack of offensive opportunities in the red zone for Houston overall. So I've got Deshaun Watson on the outside looking in of the top five. But if everybody stays healthy and any of these top five guys slip, Deshaun Watson can be top five easy, top three. And honestly, if everybody stays healthy and the rest of these quarterbacks slip for whatever reason, Deshaun Watson could legit be the number one quarterback but i just don't think he outpaces lamar mahomes dak russ or kyler so those are the top six there for both lucas and myself and again we both agree on all six of those so that is where we're at with those guys now let's talk about a, a handful of uh disagreements if you will but basically they're just rankings that are a little bit different so a lot of these guys are close so i'll, I'll run through the ones that are close kind of just verbatim, this is the average of where Lucas and I have them, and then I'll break down a couple of the other guys here who um, we have a little bit more of a difference on. So our consensus, top six, I've read it multiple times, Lamar Jackson, one, Patrick Mahomes, two, Dak Prescott, three, Russell Wilson, four, Kyler Murray, five, and Deshaun Watson, six. Now, our consensus number seven, Matt Ryan, great uh Great weapons, obviously, there in Atlanta. They bring in Todd Gurley, another year of Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. I think he's a, a quarterback that could certainly land in the top five as well. So we've got him at number seven. We've got Josh Allen at number eight. Rushing ability, of course, led the quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns last year. He brings in Stephon Diggs, another year of Cole Beasley and John Brown, who both had over 100 targets last year. They bring in Zach Moss to help with the goal line stuff, which could hurt 
uh, Josh Allen a little bit on the rushing ability, but I think it just helps, you know, extend drives, which is always good for an offense and a quarterback in general. So if Zach Moss is able to get a third and two, a third and three, a second and two, something like that, that some of those Frank Gore, unfortunately, was unable to do last year at 36 years old. Zach Moss extends drives. I like Devin Singletary out of the backfield as well. So a lot of weapons there in in Buffalo. So Josh Allen, our number eight consensus quarterback. Drew Brees comes in at number nine. Um, Basically, Lucas and I have uh, any version of Ryan, Allen, and Breeze as seven, eight, and nine. So we're flip-flopped a little bit. So this is the averages, but these guys are kind of that next tier for us who end round out basically that top 10. So Allen at number eight, Breeze at number nine, and Ryan up at number seven, as I mentioned. Drew Breeze, it basically just comes down to, are the Saints going to be a run-first offense or are they going to be able to chuck it like they did last year with uh, Michael Thomas, obviously 185 targets. Some of those are going to go to Emmanuel Sanders, who is now in over from San Francisco. They also bring in um, a healthy <laughs> Alvin Kamara from last year, who was basically playing at 70, 75% on a high ankle sprain. Also comes out later on that he had a tear in his knee. He did not need, um, well, he opted out, I should say, of a knee operation. So surgically, he didn't have anything repaired, but he has been working on his balance and things, which obviously uh, he's already very, very good at. But he was only able to break a tackle every seven touches last year, which is still incredible. But he was able to break a tackle every three touches prior to his injury in week 10. So if we get Alvin Kamara back to that um, elusiveness, He's going to be an absolute machine. We know that he's good for 81 receptions every season. Uh, He did that last year in just 14 games. And then, of course, Latavius Murray on the back end. So the question with Breeze is not, is he good enough to be higher than this on the rankings? It just comes down to what type of offense are the Saints going to actually be? I've got him at eight. Lucas has him at nine. It really just comes down to game script and how this offense is going to run. I think they're going to be run heavy and work off the play action, which they're very, very good at. But Lucas uh, or Chris Benavides, I believe, actually, from the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast who came on last Wednesday talking about buy or sell wide receivers. Go check them out. Good friends of the show. They uh, Chris brought up a stat, I believe, and I don't remember it exactly, but it was something like Drew Brees has not thrown a pass over 30 yards in a couple of years, which blows my mind, but he doesn't have to. They have that low range dump offs to Alvin Kamara, to Latavius Murray. They have the slot. They have the middle covered with Jared Cook, right? And then they have, of course, uh, Michael Thomas, who's good for, you know, basically a slot receiver playing on the outside. So the Saints rely on yak yards after catch. They don't need those deep bombs, but we know for years and years and years of Drew Brees leading the NFL in passing opportunities and passing yards of 5,000 yards plus, he can certainly get the ball downfield. He just hasn't had to. So we'll see what kind of offense the Saints offense actually is. But for right now, we've got him at number nine, just bordering on number 10. At number 10, we have Tom Brady. I've got Tom Brady at 10. Lucas has him at 11. Similar questions with these older quarterbacks, right? Another one of our questions for on last Monday's show for buy or sell was, Buy or sell the old guys. Okay. So we talked about Breeze. We talked about Ryan. We talked about Brady. We talked about Rodgers. We even threw in Big Ben and Phillip Rivers in the mix as well. Like, what are we going to get out of these older quarterbacks? Brady, of course, goes down to Tampa from 20 years in New England, arguably the best weapons of entire career. That's fantastic. 
But is Brady going to run some of Brady's offense with Arians letting him do his thing? Or is Brady going to have to learn a new playbook, which it sounds like he is, according to Tom Brady, having to learn a new playbook for the first time literally in 19 years. Bruce Arians, is he going to budge or is he as old school as Brady is? So he's going to make Tom Brady kind of, you know, mold to his system, a little give and take. We bring in Gronkowski, obviously, so a reliable weapon on top of two of the best receivers in the NFL, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and some awesome running backs behind him as well, Ronald Jones and rookie Keyshawn Vaughn. So, you know, we have OJ Howard too, who we didn't even use last year in Tampa Bay, but he is an incredibly talented, very efficient um, wide receiver, basically playing tight end. And then Cameron Bray is still around and no slouch either, who put up great numbers with uh, Jameis Winston. So same, same storyline for me on Tom Brady and Drew Brees. Now I think while the Bucks might throw the ball more than Tampa, than, um, the Saints, I think that the Saints are going to be more efficient and kind of have more scoring opportunities overall. Um, I just think that they're going to be their defense is going to put them in better opportunity to do that. Where the Bucks, I think, are going to rely on the run game um, and they're going to be chucking it quite a bit. But Brady, I think, is a little more savvy and and slow with the football. Where um, you know Drew Brees isn't reckless, obviously, but I think that he is able to push the ball downfield a little bit more. And I think that the the I would rather have Breeze on a week-to-week, I think, what it comes down to, than Tom Brady on a week-to-week. Uh, because I know that over years of watching the Patriots, if the Buccaneers get up 13-3 to in the first quarter and that rushing touchdown is Ronald Jones or something and they have two field goals, it's 13-3, to and that defense who's gotten much, much better under Todd Bowles can grind it out, grind it out, grind it out. We know that Tom Brady is going to be slowing the clock down and trying to win that game, whereas the Saints are pedal to the metal all the time, and we've seen that for years. So I do give Breeze the edge there, but I like Tom Brady, of course, and he's our consensus number 10. All right, so quick recap of our number 10. Here we go Jackson, Mahomes, Prescott, Wilson, Murray, Watson, Ryan, Allen, Breeze, and Brady in our top 10. All right. I don't do it very often these days, but I like doing episodes by myself. It's a lot of fun. I just got to make sure I hydrate. You know what I'm saying? Hydrate before you dehydrate, right? All right, y'all. Let's get back into this here. So our top 10 are taken care of. I'm going to go down a couple more and then just give a few uh, mid-program shout outs. So at number 11, our consensus is Matt Stafford. Again, just want to partner rankings. I have him at 11. Lucas has him at number 12. Really, it comes down to, I mean, he could, Matt Stafford could finish the year top eight, and I would not be surprised. Top five, I could see, but I would be surprised on that one. I could see him rolling top eight with Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. And what people don't realize, and I'll, I'll go into this maybe a little bit more on our wide receiver rankings, but people don't realize how efficient Marvin Jones actually is. He's kind of just like, now he's just the other guy to Kenny Galladay, but on a you know, per catch basis on a per game basis, Marvin Jones is actually equal or better uh, than Kenny Galladay in most categories. So you really got to be careful when you're, you know, I'm not saying don't reach for a Kenny Galladay because the dude's amazing. And I think he's absolutely worth the draft capital in the third round. However, if you miss on Kenny Galladay, don't sleep on Marvin Jones. I would even reach for him in the ninth round and said, you know, maybe wait till the 10th or 11th because, you know, Energy's picking up on him, but he's also good for an RB, or, you know, RB, a wide receiver too. What I'm saying is 
Matt Stafford now does not have just one weapon. We saw last year that both of those guys went healthy, put up great numbers, right? Car- Carryon Johnson's going to be a wild card. We know that. DeAndre Swift comes in as a rookie. He's a wild card too, but everybody in this offense can catch passes. TJ Hawkinson coming into year two as well. We saw that one week last year where he exploded before he got injured. I think a lot of this can move up for the Lions in this offense. Daryl Bevel's second season, I think we're going to be okay here. So I am excited about the Lions in general. And Matt Stafford, before he got injured last year with a fractured back, he was on pace to be the number two quarterback in points per game last year, right? Right with uh, Dak Prescott. So very, very impressive um, in a points per game basis. And I just think that the Lions, again, losing Darius Slay to the Eagles, that's a huge that's a huge miss on their defense, right? He was kind of like the stud player there for the last couple of years. Anyway, they get rid of him. They're playing with a lot of wild cards on defense. I think the Lions are again going to be chasing points as they have been for years. And that just sets up Matt Stafford for throwing the ball even more. So he's outside the top 10 because we just don't know. There's a lot of expectations for Matt Stafford every single season. And he kind of, the years that he explodes, he gets injured. And then the years that he kind of is just average, he plays the whole season. So we don't know what we're going to get with him. So I'm going to keep him as a quarterback one, but I can't quite yet put him in my top 10 just because we're not sure what we're going to get. But I love grabbing Matt Stafford as my first late round quarterback and maybe the 12th, 13th round. And if he's a your second quarterback in a two QB league, I mean, you might end up with two top five, top eight quarterbacks, which I love there a lot. All right, Carson Wentz, number 12. Now, y'all know that I'm lower on Carson Wentz. I've got him at 13, but Lucas is bolstering up his ranking a little bit. He's got him at 10. So he kind of sits there at the 11 and a half average there. But um, what it comes down to, uh, you know, Lucas believes in the health a little bit more. He believes in the weapons. and I don't blame him. And you believe in the game script. All that stuff is, is obviously on paper, and that should happen. My issue is that he hasn't stayed healthy, multiple injuries, different injuries every single season. I'm concerned about that. I'm more concerned even about his squad around him. Deshaun Jackson, healthy-ish. I mean, he gets injured pretty much every game anyway. It's just a matter of how long you have him. Jalen Rager, I love, and I think he's going to be a beast for a real long time, but he's a rookie with a weird offseason. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, we didn't catch everything we were supposed to last year with him. Coming out of Stanford, huge body. I think there was a lot of uh, expectation for him, but he kind of fell through the cracks last year. What are we going to get from him? Alshon Jeffrey's already already injured again, and while he's on the field, he and Wentz have a great rapport, and he's a touchdown magnet, but he's already injured, probably going to miss games. I'm concerned about that. So I'm worried about it. Now, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, we know are going to be the focal point of the offense, but how much can we actually let tight ends carry an offense? Last year we saw it, and, and and Wentz was great before he went down again. But I'm just there's too many question marks for me to believe in Wentz. I've got him in the top 12. Um, well, I've got him at 13, I guess, right on the outside looking in. But he's close. Uh, Carson Wentz for me, though, I'm just I'm just not going to believe until I see it. Um, I'm going to pass on him in drafts unless he significantly falls, uh, and I miss out on guys like Stafford or Aaron Rodgers personally. Um, but Lucas has him in the top 12, so I'm going to uh, stay away. Um, or in the top 10, excuse me. So I'm going to stay away from uh, Carson Wentz personally, but Lucas has him at number 10 there. All right, next up at number 13, we have Aaron Rodgers. I have him at 12. Lucas has him at 13. Again, right there at the you know, QB1 level. Now he probably would have been higher, but he's already le- lost two weapons here. Geronimo Allison, a free agency who went to Detroit, and then 
uh, new free agent from Indianapolis, I guess, but from Carolina, uh, Devin Funches, who came in and then opted out due to COVID. So it's Alan Lazard, it's Tay Adams, and maybe Marcus Valdez-Scantling, and maybe random wide receivers we don't know yet. Jay Sternberger, a tight end, sure, but again, basically still a rookie in like the passing game at least because he had one reception all pre uh, all regular season until the playoffs. His only touchdown came in the playoffs, so worried about that. Now Aaron Jones could be the second wide receiver on this team, but he's also going to bolster the running game. I just don't know what to expect. I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's actually a volume this year because he's falling down there with um, Matt Stafford, but he's not the perennial top five, you know, top six pick anymore. He's just not. I love Devontae Adams, as you all know, um, but I'm just not excited uh, about Aaron Rodgers so much that I have been in the last couple of years because I think it's a run-first offense. And, of course, we have to see what he can bring overall weekly with limited weapons again. So I like Aaron Rodgers. I expect him to have some huge games, as he always does. A little concerned there in general. Big Ben comes in at number 14. We both have him at number 14. Again, another quarterback, another old guy. He could be a lot higher if uh, we knew for sure that he was 100, 100%. I know he looks good. He cut his hair. He trimmed the beard. He looks svelte. I'm sure he's fine. Um, and he looks fine during you know the passing work and all that stuff with all the drills you're seeing online and everything looks good. I'm stoked on that. I hope it remains that way. But I need to see him throw some real NFL passes. Juju is great. But can he be the true number one? We only saw one game of that last year, and then Big Ben got hurt. Juju went to shit. And he was basically, you know, a, you know, I think it was a wide receiver 64 on the season. DeAndre Johnson has a ton of hype, but is he going to live up to it? Um, James Washington, they bring in Chase Claypool from Notre Dame, a rookie who's like a hybrid wide receiver tight end maybe for this offense. They bring in Eric Ebron. So, you know, James Conner is back healthy for now, but what is this – offense going to be now last time we saw big ben and juju healthy in this offense clicking with james connor in 2018 connor was a top 10 back big ben was a number two quarterback overall and juju was number eight with antonio brown on the team so can it happen 100 but we just need to see it happen a little bit better also this defense for the steelers is incredible and they had three all pros last year and they you know maybe just got better in the draft so they're, they should be stopping teams. They're going to probably be taking the ball out of uh, Big Ben's hands a little bit more than usual. He led the league in passing attempts in 2018. Don't think he needs to do that this year. They've got James Conner, but they've also brought in, um, you know, Booger McFarland's son, Anthony McFarland. They also have, you know, their other running backs that they've had in the stable, Benny Snell, and they also have uh, Jalen Samuels as well. So they have plenty of backs to take the pressure off of Big Ben. If they fall, you know, behind in a game or they need him in the second half, he can air it out, of course, but they're just not going to need him to throw it um, as much as he did in previous years. Therefore, he takes a little bit of a tick down. But again, if he's healthy for a full season, they click all these wide receivers. Um, live up to the hype that they're doing he could be top 10 as well for sure we've seen it numerous times in his career i just coming off a of surgery at his age i'm not 100 sure that i'm confident in that so he's at you know quarterback 14 not horrible uh but i don't expect a um you know top 10 finish necessarily from bit big ben unless all the chips fall and there's a lot of chips to fall for pittsburgh after a lost season all right next up we have daniel jones now daniel jones is number 15 in our consensus. This 
comes down to Lucas and I believe in the talent. We've talked a lot about his strength of schedule. It's the worst among quarterbacks. Now, I know, again, we always say we understand that's not the end-all, be-all, but I hope those of you that pay attention to this channel, either on the Landry Football Networks or on the TCK Pod Networks, you know that we're not full of hyperbole. We're not the hot take type podcast. We do the research. We believe in the talent. We believe in all the weapons of Daniel Jones. But the worst strength of schedule and to start the season is a problem. Okay. He's got the Bears. He's got the Steelers. He's got the 49ers. He's got the Rams to start the season. Okay. I don't like any of those matchups, frankly. Okay. So again, this comes down to what I draft Daniel Jones right off the bat. I'm not excited to draft Daniel Jones at all. First of all, this, the, the, the Giants will probably be run heavy in those games to start because they want to kind of slow those other teams down from running away with the game with a horrible defense in New York, New Jersey. But also in the second half, even if they turn it on and say, okay, we're down by two touchdowns, we need to just let Daniel Jones chuck it. You only basically get a half of a full scale game. And I'm concerned about that. I'm also concerned about all of his weapons. Saquon Barkley is incredible, but he's coming back off a high ankle sprain as well, just like Alvin Kamara. Evan Ingram hasn't been able to stay healthy. Golden Tate is getting older, right? Um, Sterling Shepard, he's been injured over the last couple of years. Great talent, but been injured. Darius Slayton has a ton of hate, uh, ton of hate, ton of hype, and I hope that it works out for him. And I believe in his talent. But again, what are we going to get in year two with the two rookies? Also, Daniel Jones led the NFL in turnovers last year. There's a lot of wild cards again for the Giants. So we don't hate him. He's a number 15, but he's not a quarterback I'm looking to draft. He's a guy that I'm going to leave on waivers. I'm actually going to pick up a couple of the guys underneath him that I would draft off the bat who have a better strength of schedule for the first couple of weeks, and I would look to get Daniel Jones later on in maybe an early cheap trade if I have a higher quarterback get injured or something, or I even look for him on the waivers and look to stream him as his uh, schedule gets better, which it does in the second half of the season. So he's at number 15, but we are uh, not – urgent to get him i guess i should say all right last one we'll take a quick break we have jared goff at number 16 goff he's number 18 for me and he's number 15 for lucas okay so my my issue is i just think the rams are going to have to now they don't have todd Gurley anymore he's in atlanta obviously but they're going to have to get back to the run 2017 and 2018, when the Rams were going to the Super Bowl and they were just beating up on everybody with Todd Gurley and this passing game and Jared Goff was incredible and all this. They had an excellent offensive line. They had an excellent defense, defensive line and and special teams. And they were able to control games with the run and work off play action. And Jared Goff was able to, to thrive. They do not have that anymore. Okay. They didn't have it last year. They were horrendous. And that, uh, offensive line was the worst against or 31st worst. So, second worst, I guess you should say, against the run. They were first against the pass, which is crazy, but Jared Goff, we know, buckles under pressure. So the you know the, the drafting report is out on Jared Goff. Put pressure on him, and he might buckle and make mistakes. People are going to be blitzing on him. Now they have Cam Akers, who's going to be awesome running back. They have Malcolm Brown still, and they have Daryl Henderson. But I am a little bit concerned that Jared Goff is not able to carry this team. Although they have Tyler Higby's big breakout. They have um, Gerald Everett coming back. They have Woods and Cup. They have Josh Reynolds as well and Van Jefferson. They have a lot of weapons in this offense, but it all goes through Jared Goff, and I'm just not sure he's got the mentals to make it happen. We saw him basically get broken a couple years ago against the Bears on national TV when he had like five turnovers. They stomped him, and he hasn't been the same since. 
I'm worried about it. If he gets off to a rough beginning of the season, it could be downhill from there for Goff. So personally, I've got him faded a little bit to number 18. Lucas, though, has him up at uh, 15. All right, so a quick break here. I just want to make another quick mention where you can find all of us. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure you jump onto our Twitch channel. at twitch.tv slash Football. You can catch our, t- our TV show, our Twitch TV show, every Monday through Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. You can catch us four days a week. It's Lucas and I usually. Of course, he's out again with some uh, power outage issues. We wish him and his family well, and I'm sure he'll be back in no time. But you can also check us out at LandryFootball.com. And for those of you on the Landry Football Networks who are just maybe hearing about myself, Lucas, and the, the Candlestick Kids Network, make sure you check us out at TCKPod.com. We have a draft guide for you to help in your fantasy leagues. We have a pre-draft guide to help you with your drafts. We have a mid-season draft guide as well to help you along the way week to week. We also have some bonus one-on-one opportunities for you as well. So go check that out at TCKPod.com. You can also find us on YouTube, anywhere you're listening to your podcasts, and make sure to rate and subscribe and you can find us on instagram at fantasy football underscore tck pod and on twitter at tck underscore pod as well to help support the candlestick kids fantasy football brand so we appreciate all of that and we thank you so much also right here on twitch make sure you hit the subscribe button hit the heart button let us know that you appreciate the show um, and we uh, can make sure that we have the right content coming your way as well make sure to share it really does help us to just share this on your twitter share this on your facebook whatever it is on your channel as well. Tell one friend, it really goes a long way and we appreciate that. So thank you so much. And uh, let's get back to your regularly regularly scheduled programming here. So let's dive into the rest of this. We'll pick it up through the back half of this a little bit. Garner Minshew comes in at quarterback number 17 for our consensus rankings. Again, we both love this. Garner Minshew, basically you could argue had an equivalent or a better season on a per game basis than Kyler Murray last year. Okay. So if Garner Minshew plays a full 16 he has that rushing ability he didn't score any rushing touchdowns last year he should score just a couple based on you know uh just general projections and and um the ability for this jaguars offense to move the ball but as you know garner Minshew had no rushing touchdowns and leonard fournette had only three he was the rb7 on the year and had only three rushing touchdowns last year so it, it will go up it will go up. The projection will go up there for the Jaguars, and I believe that Garner Minshew could be that guy. So he's number 17 overall for us. They bring in LaVisca Chenault, who's a great all-around player, who's going to be awesome in this offense. They bring in Chris Thompson, who's oft injured, but when he's in the game, he's an excellent dual-threat running back. And then you also have DJ Chark, of course, who exploded last year. So I like that a lot. Another year of D.D. Westbrook. And so I forget about Tyler Eifert. Um, coming in after many, many years of being injured, came back last year, kind of quietly played a full 16, had a nice end of season last year for the Bengals. He gets a fresh start here with the Jags, and I think he's going to have a good opportunity here if he can stay healthy. So I like this a lot. To move on to number 18, Baker Mayfield. So this is an interesting one because Baker Mayfield's actually number 17 for Lucas, number 19 for me. And if you listen to the program often, you know that Lucas and I kind of battle with each other on the Browns in general. And Baker Mayfield's a big part of that, of course. So for Lucas to have Baker actually higher than I do, I thought was interesting here. But basically, again, it comes down to like so many of these quarterbacks, regression has to come back for Baker Mayfield last year, right? Terribly inefficient after literally setting the rookie touchdown record as a rookie with 27, beating Peyton Manning's record just two years ago. 
They bring in Odell Beckham. There's Super Bowl aspirations. People like me had him in their top six quarterbacks. Of course, we got burned. I drafted him everywhere I could. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. So I expect year two of Odell and Baker to be better. They bring in Kevin Stefanski, who is going to be far better with the football. Run, 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 pass. So the opportunity and the volume isn't going to be there for Baker, I don't think. But like we saw with Kirk Cousins, who isn't an amazing uh, quarterback for fantasy. He's a steady quarterback for fantasy with some bigger games. I think he's going to work off the play action. They're not going to put the ball in Baker's hands to make him have to win games unless they're down late. I think it's going to be just fine. He can work off play action. He can make better decisions. He is an accurate quarterback. I think he could also run the ball a little bit more than he has so far in his first two years. Doesn't have to worry about his job. He's going to be just fine. Jarvis Landry is injured, still coming off that um, core injury. Uh, and you know, had some quad issues, had some groin issues, um, had sports hernia uh, surgery. So Jarvis has to get right. But if he does, he, of course, exceeds ADP every single year. Odell Beckham should have another, you know, should have a bounce back season last year. He did not live up to expectations for him after even playing a full 16. Bunch of tight ends, of course. You have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb as well. So love Baker Mayfield to bounce back, but I thought it was interesting that when I put these together, Lucas actually has him a little bit higher at 17. I've got him at 19. This one is the biggest difference that Lucas and I have. It's not even close, and I would actually – I'm going to earmark this and let Lucas come up and, and talk about this a little bit because we have Cam Newton – now with the Patriots, of course, if you're if you're just turning on your fantasy football networks, Cam Newton is a Patriot. We have him at number 19 overall consensus, okay? So both of us have him at the average with our team. But Lucas has him at 26. I've got him at 15. So mine just comes down to basic, like Cam Newton looks good on video. He sounds good in, in pressers. We know what he's been able to do. He's basically been a top six quarterback when healthy on a per game basis his entire career. He's not going to run the ball like he used to, but he can get any goal line opportunity. He can make it happen with his legs. He can run for a first down at any time. I think he's, he's not a great passer, but in this offense, they're going to set him up for space. He's got weapons ish. They're not incredible weapons, but Josh McDaniels is going to open up this offense to give Cam Newton opportunities downfield and, uh, and over the middle as well as a great run game to work off the play action. So I think Cam Newton's set up for success in New England. Top 15 might even be low, in my opinion, if everything goes right and he stays healthy. Lucas, I have to imagine, A, doesn't think he'll stay healthy. B, he's not even sure that he will win the job ultimately for a full 16 games over Jared Stidham who until Cam Newton came in was the heir apparent to Tom Brady all off season. Then we find out, okay, well, they were in touch with Cam Newton early. He couldn't actually join the Patriots for a month or so because of COVID concerns and testing and all these delays. But ultimately they call in Cam Newton. Well, Cam could get injured, which he's been injured the last couple of seasons, multiple injuries. And Jared Sidham could take over. Well, if that happens, then Cam's obviously going to fall, and Jared Sidham can could get a to get, get a run here. So I want to hear from Lucas a little bit more because he's a big Julian Edelman guy, as as you all know. Uh, but I want to hear from Lucas why he's so low on Cam Newton. Because I mean, top fifteen without really knowing what Cam's going to be able to do, I get it. Maybe I'm bullish, but twenty six to me is crazy. So I want to hear uh, Lucas. You know. Defend himself, if you will. So we'll bring him on, of course, uh, when we get back, and, and he'll be able to figure that out. Next couple, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill, basically back-to-back here. We're, we're kind of apples to oranges here. Um, Jimmy, obviously coming off the Super Bowl loss, 
um, five more yards of accuracy and the Niners would have won that Super Bowl. But uh, he comes off of a great efficiency season. I think he should be just fine again. They lose Debo Samuel. Well, he's going to play-ish, but he will not be the same, I guarantee you, with this type of injury. So Debo Samuel at 80% is not even going to be that great for uh, Jimmy. They have a great rushing game. Of, of course, again, they bring in an Ayuk. I like that a lot, but we'll see what happens with the 49ers. I just Jimmy's going to be safe. He's not going to have a lot of upside there. Ryan Tannehill, same thing. I know he was the most efficient quarterback when he joined. I know the Titans were the best offense by the numbers when he joined, but we all know that's Derrick Henry offense. And as much as I love AJ Brown, limited opportunity here. So unless Tannehill really picks it up on the ground, which he can, I'm just not sure that he is going to exceed. Now, 21 might be a little low because we saw him explode last year in the efficiency game. So he could maybe be, you know, a back end, uh, or I should say a, a, a top end or a quarterback too, maybe like in that, you know, 14 to t- uh, 15 range. I could see that happening, but preseason, I'm going to put him um, put him down here at number 22. Lucas actually has him at number 19, so he's a little more bullish, but we've got him at 21 consensus. Next one up is Joe Burrow, rookie, of course, number one pick overall, Heisman Trophy winner, the whole thing coming out, and he joins now the Bengals, who have kind of a makeshift offense. We don't know about A.J. Green. We don't know what role Joe Mixon's actually going to play. Should be the bell cow, should get passing work. We'll see if they figure that out here as they did in the second half of the season last year when Joe Mixon was RB6 after being like, you know, in back RB2s in the front half of the season there. So I like that. T. Higgins is a great receiver. They drafted as well. Uh, Joe Burrow handpicked him. So that's going to be a nice addition there. Of course, they have Tyler Boyd as well. Auden Tate, even John Ross. Um, CJ Ozama, who's not incredible, but definitely a reliable tight end there as well. So this offense should be just fine. But again, rookie quarterback in an offseason like this. Gives me the heebie-jeebies a little bit. If this was a normal offseason and Joe Burrow was coming in, we knew A.J. Green was going to be healthy. That offensive line's getting better now with Jonah Williams coming back. That defense is still terrible. <laughs> they should be throwing it just plenty. I'd probably, I'm going to guess I'd have Joe Burrow definitely inside the top 20, maybe top 18 if it was a normal season here, maybe 15 even depending on all these weapons and stuff. But, man, too many question marks in Cincinnati right now. Could Joe Burrow – you know, catch fire in this offense and hit the ground running as a, as a, the high pedigree and what he did in college, you know, uh, with a record 66, uh, you know, uh, touchdowns there for LSU last year in a national championship at Heisman and all that. Could he hit the ground running? Sure. I'm just not confident he's going to do it right away here for the Bengals with this type of offseason. Next up, we have Drew Locke at 23, Kirk Cousins at 24, Derek Carr at 25, and Rivers at 26. All these guys are kind of, you know, throw a dart kind of a thing. Lock, huge expectations, of course, with this draft class. Um, they bring in KJ Hamler, of course. They bring in Jerry Judy, his boy Albert O from college as well, his favorite tight end, but receiver in general back in college. They bring in Melvin Gordon. They've still got Royce Freeman for the time being, although I think he may end up in Philadelphia or somewhere else eventually. And, of course, they have Philip Lindsay, who's a back-to-back thousand-yard rusher, who all of a sudden is the backup. That makes no sense. Should have an improved defense from last year as well. So, Broncos, sky's the limit. I'm just not sure that we've seen enough from Drew Locke in the five games he played last year to rank him higher than this. Could he explode with all those weapons? Absolutely. Cortland Sutton's a beast, um, and he should be fine. But, again, question mark there. So I'm going to put him at 23. Kirk Cousins, same offense, even though Stefanski goes over to the Browns. 
they still um, are going to be running that same offense. Adam Thielen, Lone Ranger with Stephon Diggs in Buffalo. I do like Justin Jefferson as well coming in as a, a rookie here, but Dalvin Cook's got to stay healthy. Um, he's got to end that holdout, which I think he will because it makes no sense for him to do that anymore with the new CBA. But Alexander Madison, they have a lot of other weapons here, two solid tight ends and Rudolph and Irv Smith. So Gary Kubiak's offense is still going to be in there. Mike Zimmer wants to play defense and run the ball. Therefore, I'm going to take Cousins down just a few notches. Derek Carr, I think he's straight up is fine, but he has a very low ADOT, not not usually chucking it much. Henry Ruggs is, I think, going to be great as a slot receiver and a deep threat. Both Brian Edwards out of South Carolina, I think, is quite frankly a sleeper in this wide receiver draft class. And, of course, now they have uh, Lynn Bowden out of the backfield who can be a hybrid wide receiver as well. They say they're going to give more wide receiver chops to Josh Jacobs and uh, Jalen Richard as well. Um, but again, I need to see all that happen. My boy Marcus Mariota comes in from Tennessee. He now is with the Raiders. I think he's going to get a big boost in this offense. Eventually he comes back healthy, gets a fresh start. I do like Darren Waller a lot, but again, Derek Carr, I'm just, he's going to have some games where he throws for 400 yards and maybe four touchdowns because he seems to do that every single season, but it's going to be two of those games and he's going to have another 10 games where he's going to throw for 280 and a touchdown and two picks. And Josh Jacobs is going to go nuts. So I just, Derek Carr is not exciting to me at all. He will have big games. He's decent in best ball. I do think he loses his job eventually, probably after their week six bye coming into week seven. I could see the Raiders being two and five by then. Um, uh, or excuse me, they only play five games, I think, before that that uh, bye. So let's say three and two, three and three best uh, with the schedule that they have. So if, if they're under 500, I don't see a reason why they wouldn't necessarily try out Marcus Mariota, at least in, in a limited fashion there to get started. So I think he even loses his job. I don't think he's going to be efficient when he has it. So I'm going to uh, dip Derek Carr down just a bit here to number 25. Rivers, same thing. I think he benefited a lot from this offense and all these weapons in uh, San Diego forever. And then, of course, the L.A. Chargers. The Colts just don't have the weapons. They have an incredible run game, an incredible offense of line and ty hilton meh um i'm not super excited about him i did an episode with the commish crew where we were talking about big names with not as much you know less value i guess you should say and frankly it came down to me putting ty hilton on the list as a receiver because i just don't see it i'm worried about injury concerns starting to pile up he's kind of a one-trick pony at this point and philip rivers just does not have the accuracy at this point of his career that andrew luck had to help ty hilton also michael Pittman jr comes in who's a beast i love him zach pascal um comes in as well so i think there's a lot of other you know options in this past game jack doyle we know that philip rivers loves a tight end so i think you know he could lean that way but again is rivers going to be able to get a bunch of deep bombs to these wide receivers and score a lot of up score a lot of touchdowns through the air because he's not going to run at all we know that I don't think so. There's going to be a lot. If they're inside the 5, 10-yard line, they're going to run it three times in a row, maybe do a play action or so on third down. But I just see this offense running through uh, Jonathan Taylor and, and um, uh, Marlon Mack. So I'm going to bump Philip Rivers down a little bit. Rounding out the 32 quarterbacks, Darnold at 27, Foles at 28, Teddy Bridgewater at 29, Haskins at 30, Tyrod Taylor at 31, and Fitzpatrick at 32. We did not mention Herbert. We did not mention Tua because they are not starters yet, uh, but obviously they could be in the mix as well. Darnold, Adam Gase effect, Denzel Mims I think is great. Crowder's a fine late-round sleeper for fantasy, but not many weapons outside of that. I don't believe in in uh, uh, 
Le'Veon Bell carrying this offense the way that he's talking, he's going to, he has to believe in himself. I think he's very talented. I'm worried about this offense in general. So Sam Darnold, unfortunately, outside the top uh, 25 quarterbacks. Foles, I mean, he could be fine, but as much as everybody gives crap to Mitch Trubisky, if Foles struggles for a game or two, why not put Trubisky in, who has been just fine-ish for the most part, at least for fantasy. It's all about winning the games, though, for the Bears, and they think that Foles can get the job done. Well, he's done great in the postseason, not so great in the regular season. He's had injury issues himself. So I just don't know what's going to happen overall. I'm not drafting either guy. Lucas is a little bit higher on Foles um, than than I am. We both have him at 28 in rankings, but I think Lucas has more confidence in Foles than I do. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is really the difference. Lucas has him at 25. I have him at 31. I like Teddy a lot. I just don't think this offense needs to throw the ball down the field much. Uh, Christian McCaffrey obviously is going to run this offense. They have uh, Matt Rule coming in and Joe Brady as well. From LSU, they're going to utilize DJ Moore over the middle. Um, I just don't see them necessarily having to air out as much. And Teddy Bridgewater had a very low ADOT last couple of seasons. Maybe that's with the Saints, and that's just what it is. But I need to see Teddy actually air out before I give him a little more credit. But I know that uh, Lucas feels better about that. Dwayne Haskins, again, not even sure if he's the starter. I mean, he should be. But, you know, they bring in Kyle Allen, who was with um, head coach Ron Rivera in Carolina. So they bring him over. I'm just not into the Washington football franchise uh, team regardless. Uh, I will pass on everybody. I may take a look at Antonio Gibson now that Darius Geis is out. I may take a look at Scary Terry McLaurin because he's just uber talented. But um, until we know that Jameis or that <laughs> Dwayne Haskins is not, in fact, Jameis Winston part two, uh, I'm going to pass. Tyrod Taylor is a fun option. They have the best quarterback schedule and basically strength of schedule all around for the Chargers to start the season. But he's at 31 because I think eventually, no matter what, Herbert's going to get the chance. And once they do, that'll fade Taylor. So if you're looking for a, a QB2, a QB3 even, to stream um, to start the season, then I think Tyrod Taylor is a fantastic option for that. Um, he's got the rushing upside, but he's not going to be throwing the ball downfield much. And Keenan Allen, I don't think, can carry this offense if Hunter Henry doesn't stay healthy. Austin Eckler, obviously, they bring in uh, Joshua Kelly from UCLA, and they have Justin Jackson, too. I think they'll be fine as far as weapons, but I don't see Tyrod Taylor carrying a fantasy football team for a whole season. Now, he might be a top 10 guy over the first six games because of their schedule, but I think that's going to fade eventually. And then last but not least, Fitz, Magic. And again, it just has to do with the uh, – uncertainty of what's going to happen with Tua. Will he play? Will he not? Now, Fitzmagic could be great on a game-to-game -game basis because we just know that he's in that DGAF mindset and can chuck it, but I'm a little bit worried overall, though. An honorable mention, Jarrett Stidham at number 30 for Lucas. Again, he's just not convinced that Cam Newton is 100% that guy, so we shall see what happens. All right, y'all. I appreciate you. That's a lot of information for me, man. That's an hour straight of talking. I really appreciate y'all diving in and, and, uh, and tuning in with me today. Episode 240 of the TCK Pod, episode five for the TCK Pod on the Landry Football Networks. Make sure to check us out every Monday through Thursday, 6 to 7 Eastern Time, p.m. on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. You can also find out all the networks and all the channels from high school to college to NFL proper in hours fantasy football channel on LandryFootball.com. Make sure to also go check out our draft guide at tckpod.com and follow the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod, on Twitter at tck underscore pod, and of course you can find us anywhere you watch YouTube 
or you listen to your podcast. We are the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. We very, very much appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow talking about running back rankings. And for my usual host, Lucas Kaser, we wish him well and his family well. He'll be back with us in no time. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. This has been another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Chris Landry Football Network. And I am out of here.